There is no doubt that the business sector wields plenty of power. Power that can shape the world and if applied with a conscience, positively impact all spheres of civilization. In Conscious Conversations, I, Carmen Murray, chat with a fascinating array of industry leaders and pioneers to explore how doing business with a greater good in mind can lead to better returns and a better South Africa for all. Join me on my voyage of discovery and together we'll unearth the value, nobility, prosperity and opportunity that is part and parcel of ethical capitalism. Hey, 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 and now it's going to be a hey, hey, hey of a different kind because I used to say future fit tribe. Now I'm changing my story a bit. It's now going to be conscious tribe and I'll, I'll give a little bit of explanation shortly. Um, I'm here opening the conscious conversations with Faith Popcorn and she's a very important person in my life because she always keeps me in touch with the future but at the same time it scares the crap out of me (laughs) some days and some days it makes me nervous and I worry about the future and I worry about the kids and I worry about nature and all those kind of things so I thought it might be the best way to open up this conversation with a person I truly respect and can have a robust conversation and Faith a warm welcome. I don't even think you need introduction. You're just the Nostradamus of everything. <laughs> no, no. You are. Oh, I've got something. Look what I found. Oh, my God. I have to tell you a story. Okay, so, please do. I believe that your energy introduces you before you walk into a room. Yeah, that's I true. went. I went to a toilet, public toilet, and there's a bookstore right next to the entrance where all the toilets are. And I walk past and I see this bookstore and I'm like, I don't know, but I feel like I want to go in here and go and see if there's any books that will catch my eye. Now I'm into the esoteric things and I really love spirituality and all of that. So I'm going and I'm going through all the things and I'm about to pay for the books and something tells me there's a book of yours behind me. And I turn around and the book is right there at the bottom, like the third one from the bottom. And I was like, this is not even possible. You know how many months since I've known you, I've been trying to get one of your books and yeah. this thing just randomly appears and it's called Clicking by Faith Popcorn. And here where you officially called the Nostradamus of marketing, when I went through it, I was like actually gobsmacked to see how far ahead you actually are in predicting the future. Is that good? It is good, but it's also scary. Yeah. But it's, I, yeah. It's good and depressing because, um, people tend not to believe me. It's like that God, goddess that was, you know, could predict the future and then nobody ever believed her. And that's me. Nobody believes me, but that's okay. It always turns out to, you know, happen. I think people would be better off if they would open their minds, not be so scared and say, how can I leverage it? How can I use it in my work? How can I use it in my relationships? That's what I hope for. Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. I love marketing and I love the future and everything that it brings. But at the same time, I also don't like how it leaves people behind. 
And that's a, a big concern. So anyway, I'm fascinated by the human design. And I decided, okay, I'm going to start studying numerology. I've been in it for six months now. I'm almost a numerologist. My teacher has involved me in how to solve crime, how to solve missing people cases, fraud. I've been working on some serious things in the back end. Oh. Um, also doing elections and those kind of things. So it's really been fascinating for me to look through it through a numerology lens. But having those GPS coordinates really helps you to understand your purpose, how you fit into society, where you belong, who you connect with, who you don't connect with, how you can connect with them, and actually shape and be a better person. And I've really learned a lot from it. But in the same lens, I've decided, you know what, I don't like what I see in the world. I'm going to take myself out and I'm going to actually take a sabbatical for the first time since I was 16 years old. And just pay attention, as you always say to me, Carmen, always pay attention to the moment because to, this moment now is history. And I must tell you, I, I started observing things and seeing things and I went like, I don't know if this is the society that we want to be. And I think that we need to have a variety of people that can make people aware and to allow for consciousness to be more prevalent in society because I feel like it's a very much a power and an ego game at the moment in technology and not a lot of co-creation, not a lot of counter AI, not a lot of things that keeps people in mind. What's your view? I think we're evolving out of being people the way you mean it, which is flesh and blood, as we're crossing with robots, robotics, uh, with chat GBT, and then just plain GBT4. You know, have you played with it? I mean, it's amazing. Very. And it's just an infant. Just think, if you have a little infant in your house, and you expect it to be like a uh, PhD, not yet, but it's learning to crawl and walk, and that's where chat is, and it's a great uh, mistake to ignore it. It is going to develop. It's crossing with us. It can answer things that will take you hours and minutes. Sometimes it's wrong now. You know, it's not fully there, mm. but it, it should convince us that we need to meld our, you know, mentality with this form because that is the evolution. Listen, when the, you know, when, when the apes stood up, I don't think they congratulated each other. Oh, we're standing up. How cool. Because it happened, you know, very slowly. And then maybe one got up and another got up. And that's evolution. It, the people that are evolving very rarely are aware that they're evolving, mm. but we are evolving into a different life form. Hopefully GBT will help us find more peace in the world. Uh, I keep putting in this question. How can, you know, how can we find world peace? What would it take? Uh, you know, it's advising me about these, uh, you know, maybe a, a board of directors mixed with robotics that can figure out some solutions. It's not going to be too hateful. Well, I think one human is hateful, but, you know, it's not going to be between Russia and like the lovely Ukraine, two humans actually figuring it out. Yeah. Carmen, you know, in the popcorn report, which is now 19. 1989, we said wars would be fought with robots. And mm. look what happened. And how many years ago, that's, you know, 20, 33 years ago, we saw that. And it was very easy to see. And now we <laughs> have drones and soon, you know, we're going to have robotic soldiers. So it's going to be a technological war, not yeah. a, you know, not human strength. 
I mean, there was this um, blackboard that was developed in Japan in the children's schools. And this blackboard uses AI and technology and it scans when the teacher's written on the board, it scans over the board and it then um, converts it into text and it gets sent to the students so that they have notes of what the teacher wrote on that board. And I looked at that and I went, are we innovating around the right things? Because... I think the educational system needs to change. We, it, we're innovating everything around it, but we don't get to the root of the actual problem. And for me, when I, when I look at these things, I'm like, okay, what is the actual root of the problem here? What is your view on that? Well, here's the thing. Being, you know, the most horrible student on the planet <laughs> and having a handwriting that's illegible I think it's absolutely wonderful to have written notes. You know, it's so ridiculous that you have to actually write something. It's silly. It's, it's, it's it, you know, so I think that's absolutely fantastic. The thing with, you, you know, uh, education is it's not customized. We have mm-hmm. a trend in the bank that's been there forever called economics, uh, the economics of marketing to the ego, the one. And, you know, you and I, we, we're kind of similar characters, but we learn probably differently. And not just saying visual learner or auditory learner, but just everything about us. Maybe you learn better on a walk or, you know, learn better with music or I learn better without music. Or That's what's wrong with education. It should not be a bunch of people drawn into the classroom. And mm-hmm. that's what's going to be next. Just like people don't want to go back to the office or I call it their little cubicles, prison cells, their little prison cells. They're not going to, you're not going to put a kid in the classroom. What could be more boring? Yeah. And I also think we got a lot of wise souls that's coming into the planet right now. And if we look at the young people that's coming in, and I mean, the other day I saw a video of a 15 month old baby playing musical instruments like it's just a natural thing. Wow. Um, and I was like, flabber. I mean, you see more and more of these, these little kids that are like these, I don't know, proteges. Like it's unbelievable. But I think for me, um, personally is, and just to get to that point, um, December 2022, I got diagnosed with autism. Um, I also got diagnosed, I've got ADHD and dyslexia, which I think you know a long time ago. But I mean, um, the autism was interesting. My dad had autism and I thought, let me just go and have a look and see. But it's my empath side. So I actually decided I'm actually going to stop taking medication that that prevents me from being anxious and, you know, to numb myself down, I'm actually going to feel what I'm feeling. And since I've done that, I've actually started to realize how sensitive I am, how I hear things is 10 times louder than other people, how I, I have experience that. things. I mean, it's unbelievable. And now what, I'm like, what, wow. What, tell us more. What, how, what, I think a lot more people are, it, it sounds better to say you're on the spectrum, right? You know, than you're. I'm, I like but, neurodiverse. I like neurodiverse. neurodiverse. Yeah. But um, like, tell me the how is manifesting in you this autism? So, so I don't. I mean, I'm very high functional, and I, it's not really a, a term that I like to refer to, but. For me, it's very important to understand the different terminologies um, because we don't like it to refer to Asperger's. So going through this process was quite, um, I'm going to, being discovered in your adult, being an adult is very different, I think, as a child. I think that I've conditioned myself to survive, so it didn't impact me. But 
now I start going like, oh my gosh, now I understand why I'm an empath or why I'm a sensitive. I can pick things up miles apart, miles away. I can hear things that other people necessarily don't hear or sounds annoy me, white noises and things like I can hear you it can. in my ears right now. Yeah. And also the way that I apply my creativity and my systems thinking and how I, I get myself out of boxes is very different. So I do see it did help me. But at the same time is I wish I had the tools that I had done because I have to also say that AI helps a lot of these things. ChatGPT, as an example, is very useful for me because I don't like to sit and write. I like to gather the information and then I bring my storytelling and my right brain into the the, the conversation because I don't like regurgitation. I, I like things to be unique and um, enticing and storytelling and quirky facts and, and things that just connects the dots. And I don't think a computer can do it the way we do as humans. Um, and I think that that is a part for me, like it was quite traumatic, um, you know, December up until January, February of making acceptance with it because, you know, people, I mean, you see all the videos going around and people joking about ADHD and dyslexia and, um, you know, a, a neurodiversity, but it's also being so embraced by the corporate world, which is so wonderful for diversity and inclusion. It is. It is. I, I know quite a few people with ADHD and there are those that feel that their creativity is boosted by their distractibility. Yes. But I, th I think uh, maybe, maybe yours, but I think a lot of them are hurt because they can't focus, they can't concentrate, they jump from thing to thing, they don't finish anything, they're criticized by their peers and teachers, and I think it causes great psychological harm. So I, I, I have a, a different opinion, and this is just my personal opinion, but I mean, if you look at ADHD, um, you know, Ritalin and those kind of things, it's like baby cocaine. Um, so um, I know of a few people that spin on it that sit with addiction problems. So um, it all depends if you look at your human design, whether you're going to have a habit of, of becoming addicted or not to these kind of things. But from my perspective, um, I want to go the natural way. So I do Reiki. I do um, a lot of meditation, mindful practice, all of things that's more spiritual that actually helps me to navigate that. Now, where I'm, I have the, where I feel I have an advantage is, um, ADHD. So that's autism and ADHD because autism, I can, when I'm interested in something and that goes into super vault because then I focus. Um, but I mean, from, from my perspective, um, it's also very important when you hire, you know, have to, you have to be conscious of the people around you and what you like to do and what other people like to do and how you bring them together to optimize um, experiences for clients and so forth. And I don't think the workforce is created for that. That's true. But what I understand, and, you know, I've talked to so many different, you know, kinds of doctors in our talent bank, 10,000, you know, futurists, is that if you have ADHD, the medicine is not the high. Mm. If you really don't, or you have a different, it has to be chemically, you know, uh, balanced off or prescribed. But if you need it and you don't have it, you're always feeling like bad, you know, in, in, in complete, mm. uh, frantic. I see franticness. Mm. in a lot of these people. I don't know. I'm very pro-chemistry. I love. I think meds are fantastic. 
I prescribe myself with it. I'm my own Dr. Pop. I call myself. <laughs> and I thought it was very useful. I liked it. I mean, you know, uh, do you feel like you'd be addicted to heart medicine if you took it every day? No. No, but I mean, the, the psychedelics, there's like a microdosis of psychedelics yeah. or mushrooms and stuff like that. I mean, those things actually does make an impact. I mean, like there's lion's mane and they're yeah. not addictive, um, which is, and it's a, it's a very natural type of remedy for it. I, I, I mean, there's just a, there's also a very big, um, holistic community also rising and growing on the side. And I was blown away to see how big this community is when I started my research, just going down my own rabbit hole, not yeah. trying to be that person. You know, sometimes you, you're like, Oh, no, another tree hugger. What now? But now you're like, Oh my gosh, now actually what they're saying is making sense. So let me try this. And it's, there's things that works for people and don't work, and you have to find what works for you. Absolutely. I met a very elderly Chinese man, a master, called himself, uh, who throws the I Ching. Yeah. So I thought, like, what? You know, like the thing, you know, and then he reads it, and then he tells you what. So he said to my fabulous chief of staff, who you know very well, Kathleen Cantwell, when she was pre-interviewing him, making sure, you know, like that he was sane, you know, whatever. And he said, oh, you've been with Faith. Wow, 25 years. That's a very long time. <laughs> Meanwhile. <laughs> now, let me tell you, Carmen, that has never been printed, written anywhere. He could not, not that he was into the Internet, far from it. But we were just like, What? You know, then I got right on with him. He was fascinating. He told me to be near water. You need water. You have to drink water. You have to be near water and you should be swimming, which I don't, which I should, I guess. I don't know. It's very, very interesting. It's, it's very interesting. And you know, what I find fascinating is like, if you look at America, if you look at Russia and intelligence agencies, um, you're hearing a lot of people that are energy manipulators and people that are in war zones and things that are psychics, remote viewing, where they go and they can find things before. Um, it's unbelievable. There's this, um, you must look it up. It's called Mindfold. It's this, um, uh, you put it on your, on your, um, face and it actually, you can't see any light. I ordered myself one. And basically, okay. basically, um, there's a lot of kids that, that actually everybody can learn how to do this. But you literally take yourself out, out of yourself and then you actually start looking into the room where you focus and let your energy go there. And people can start seeing, um, they can play noughts and crosses, not being able to see anything through that lens. And I promise you, you can't see anything through that, that uh, mindfold. And they play games. They bring them random books to read. They read the books and um, they read it word for word with their fingers where they can see it, but they can't see it with their physical eyes. They see it with their psychic eyes. And um, you see more and more kids um, actually growing and learning about this. You know me. I'm all for, I love mediums. I love astrology, numerology. I'm really into it. Um, and I've really also embraced it with my own journey. And that's why I feel like my emotional intelligence and how I'm expanding is I'm starting to be able to connect differently with my energy and with things around me, which helps me with my ability to predict the future within the work that I do. Well, I've always called you a futurist and I think you are a futurist. <laughs> 
And I, you know, I'm, I'm working on a course. I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to do it. I don't know. So of it's course. called how to, th- how to think like a futurist. You know, not to teach people what the future is, but how to get there themselves. And you're mm-hmm. absolutely right. There's a third eye. There's a predictive um, area of the brain that we all have. Um, everything that you're saying is is very true. And you do think like a futurist. You, I want to know how you spent your time, your down, you know, time when you said you're going to take a step back. And what did you do every day when you woke up? One of my um, friends said to me, Carmen, if you're going to take a sabbatical, plan it. And I did the opposite. <laughs> no, how can you plan? You shouldn't plan a sabbatical. No. That's an oxymoron. I mean, really. <laughs> so she said, um, that's the advice she would give me. And I decided, oh, I said, no, I'm not going to do it. I'm actually going to go with the flow. So I actually used this op- this time to read a lot, which I haven't done in a long time. Yeah. Um, I started to learn about the things that my about how my brain, the inner workings of my brain, how everything is working. I try to understand how, what I like to absorb, what I don't like to absorb. So for example, there's this new thing about how you read um, and having certain letters in bold to make it easier for you to read. It's fascinating. Ah. Um, I started working on the structure of my book. Um, I'm going to write my book and I'm th- meaning this now. Um, okay. So I, I started on the structure of my book and I'm gently starting to write about my journey with my dad, with autism, myself, learning my journey, what I've learned along the way. But I think more importantly for me is I've really embraced spirituality um, and just connecting myself. I, I, I wanted to, to highlight this quote for you. Eckhart Tolle, I think if I'm saying it correct, says, You are. Into- in today's rush, we all think too much, we seek too much, want too much, and forget about the joy of just being. And I was just being. And I promise you, I'm coming back, like you say, clicking into the future. I'm clicking into consciousness, and I want to make an impact on the world. I really want to do something good, and and um, I feel like I know exactly my direction, where I want to go, what's my plan, how I'm going to get there. And I just feel everybody needs to take a time and pause because I feel like everybody's unconsciously walking through the society and not paying attention to what's going on. I know. It's our lists. We have a list for everything. I have a personal list, a business list, a kid's list. Mm. You know, like, oh, my God. I mean, I want, I, this book influenced me a lot. It came out recently. It's called The Battle for Your Brain. You would like this. Oh, you yes. You can interview her. I interviewed her on Joel T. Her name is uh, Nita Farahani. And okay. this is what she says, essentially. Your brain is the next platform that people are going to try to invade mm-hmm. and you're seeing that already with Neuralink. you think elon musk is trying to straighten out your brain your spine from your brain no he's trying to read your mind because reading people's mind gives them you know other people's minds gives you such power you know what they're going to buy you know what they're thinking you know everything so there'll be so there's a lot of brain invasion, and she talks about it as being the last bastion of our freedom. It's It's got sure. incredible reviews. It's really a wonderful book, and she's a wonderful person. And um, I think that's the thing we have to try to protect is it's oh, not nice. like cook, not cookies. You know, okay, track me on the Internet. Who cares? It's like what's going on in there. Mm-hmm. And I believe that we talk to each other. Oh, yeah. You know, this, uh, without words. 
100%. Telepathy is a very big thing. And I think that society, I mean, if you look at the consciousness of society, um, 2012, a major shift in the planets happened. And not that I'm trying to bring all my weird things to the That's surface. Weird. Come on. Don't let people tell you that. Uh, but the, the age of the Aquarius um, symbolizes a time of discovery. So we're now in the age of um, the Aquarius. And the age of the Aquarius in astrology is all about technology. It's all about innovation um, and progress. But at the same time, it's about the ruler um, of society and ruler of of the world and you know and in, in, in different um, religions is referred to as different things like the antichrist whatever it might be but in the age of the aquarius um one of the things is all about the future and then this is the uprising of of human human humanitarian ideals it's cooperation and brotherhood and people are going to start creating communities collective mind where they start trading with each other because of trust issues with what's going on there and i do believe that we are going to start seeing um intellectual freedom and where we're going to start being more spiritually um, intelligent. So, for example, um, I know a lot of mediums, but also with myself, not that I, I call myself a medium or anything, but I have had certain instances where I could see things or feel things close to me, or I could get message or something like that, depending on what's in, in the environment um, and how I, I'm connecting that day or downloading that day. And one of the things I have to tell you is that if you protect, if you know how to protect yourself, people can't access your mind unless you're going to have put some technology in it. Um, but I think that this is the kind of transition that we're going to see. Um, there's some great episodes on, and, and videos and oh, not videos. I'm sounding like somebody from the nineties. Listen, there's a, <laughs> there's a, oh my goodness. There is a lot of content around, um, about, uh, and people and how to protect and how they do remote viewing where you can follow energy debris of people and how they can solve crime. It's unfreaking believable, Faith. Really? Energy debris. I like that. Yeah. It's like you leave your energy behind. Like there's all this, um, this is the kind of technology I love is, is to see the, 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 the energy clouds behind you and the colors, um, and, you know, how, how when you sit on a chair and you move from the chair, you can actually see your energy debris, um, on, on the chairs. I mean, our hearts, beat at a massive rate and when our hearts beat we can actually reach our, our energy can reach people by 30 feet um so it's important for us also to be very very cognizant of the fact that we are also going to learn how to manipulate energy like telepathy and all of those kind of things and hopefully marketers and people that are going to do this job in the future are not going to exploit it, but actually work with human beings' lives and and work with um, animals and, and the environment and actually do good things for each other by having access to, to spirituality. And I also believe that when you have those abilities, you can't use it for bad things. Unless you choose. No, you get people that do. But I mean, mm, I think people are getting into a stage where they're tired of information. They want wisdom. I like that. That's very good. That could be a T-shirt, Carmen. <laughs> I heard it from Tony Robbins. I can't say oh, that you one did? myself. Oh, my God. Tony. I love Tony. I think Tony was great. Yeah, um, he's very Tony, cool. Tony is the reason I, one of the reasons I adopted my first child because – 
he made us make this list of, you know, five things we wanted. One was a baby for me. And once you have it, like, that's, you know, 25 years ago, once you have it, like, you go get it. You don't even know how you're going down that path, but you do get it. I am very interested in communicating with animals. My my daughter, I'm so proud of, Georgica, is um, going to be an animal conservationist. Oh, she wow. wants to go to vet school because she wants to be able to treat the animals she finds. So she just graduated college. So sometimes when you look in a dog's eyes, and I know you're very passionate about your dog, you you feel that they're really, like Gigi said, they're looking into your soul. Mm-hmm. And they get you. And I give my dogs massages, you know. I've studied how to give them massages, like like different pressure points in the back of their neck. And horses, too. I know. They're also spiritual animals, those ones. I eh? love horses. So, oh. yeah. I, I know. So are you going to, are you back in the world now, Carmen? Or? Yes, I've checked in. Um, I'm coming in to disrupt. Um, I'm going to do things my unique way. Um, I definitely want to start working to make progress and speak up for things that I, I feel needs to be spoken for and also how to dance with what we have and what we're creating. But at the same time, just creating consciousness around, you know, hey, just think that this could maybe be like, for example, AI, are we starting to think about counter AI strategies? How are we starting to, um, you know, think about humanity as a whole and how whatever we like, I mean, you, sh- you surely know what's going on here in South Africa. You've got many clients here as well. Um, um, I mean, our load shedding is next level. I think today we had 10 and a half hours of no power. We have an average of three and a half hours that we can work if it rains or anything like that. We, you know, the normal problems. You know, I know we work with, you know, of course, you know, Investec, but we also work with MediClinic and some mm. others. So why, what would be, in your view, how do you cure for that? What is the cure? I, I really believe that we need to start looking at alternative resources. I don't think lithium batteries, um, and together with solar panels is the future because it's taking from the planet. I think we need to start looking at oceans. I think we need to look at alternative ways, the sun, um, and, and see how we can actually create energy, um, using different forms. Um, I do also, um, I, I, um, it's very interesting for me to see also in terms of, load shedding and and where energy is becoming crisis in numerology for example last year was the year of six and six is all about um it was the global year of six which is all about energy gas and oil and that's going to become a very big problem we're going to start seeing water issues contamination of water this is going to become a global issue not just the issue in one country so from my perspective i do think that we as people need to start looking at alternative resources as to how we can get energy um, and how we can also, um, uh, you know, uh, preserve our water. And uh, I mean, you'll start seeing a lot of people are talking about water. If last year was six, what's this year? This year is seven. So this is the year. It's my lucky number. <laughs> yes, it's the it's the it's the jackpot number from the universe. Um, but yes. also from a um, from a numerology perspective, sevens represents insecurity, but it's also a very emotional number. It's also a number that's all about um, um, a chameleon, you know, this and that. It's also a lot of drama and cultural experiences. And then next year's eight. Is that it? Yes, it's the year of communication. 
Okay, good. You're going to do very, very well being a beautiful communicator. <laughs> oh my goodness, y'all. Let's see how that goes. But Faith, how are you doing? Tell me what's been going on in your world. I mean, everything you said about metaverse and AI, you got it all, girl. You said it's going to happen. And here, November comes and AI, it's like an AI twins everywhere. Oh, I have to tell you a story. What? Did you see the Wall Street Journal, Joanna Stern, um, a journalist, she did a story about um, can my AI voice and video clone replace me? It, w- it went out yesterday. Oh, I'll and, take a look. And is the answer, yes. Yes. Yes, it is Fooled true. the banks. The banks did a transaction with the biometric data. I mean, that scares me. But even more, I mean, I think more importantly than the paperwork, you know, that it can imitate you, you know, or be you. It can really be you. I mean, it can it can multitask in a way that we have never thought about. Like, take the kids to school, you stay home, you go to work, you do this. It's sort of creating your own community of yous. You know, it's it's a bit like it's hard for people to grip because the ego is so strong. We think there's mm-hmm. only one me, one me. I'll tell you another thing that's very hard for people to get is uploaded consciousnesses end of death so wow. you're dying and you upload your consciousness into a computer right so kids are going to hate it younger people because the the parent will still be bossing them around and managing the money <laughs> and not leaving them any money you know it'll still be and then um you won't maybe and then eventually i mean you could put that consciousness into a new body for sure um, and what's that going to be like? And also, um, age reversal rather than living longer is <clears throat> living younger. So your brain is still your brain from all the years that you lived, but your body can be the year you choose. I want to be, wow. you know, 35. So age reversal is, I think, a big one. Um, that's, that, that's two things. But also, I wanted to ask you, how much do you, is it possible to have a lot of money? And be a conscious human. That's a very good. That's a very deep question. Um, you know, if I look at, you know, like if we refer to them as light light workers, um, I I think Dolly Parton is one of the, those. She's got a mm-hmm. lot of money, but she also gives away a lot of money, and she's also really a, a humanitarian and involved in things. And she always says, says "If I don't give away, then everybody's going to come and ask me for it." I anyway. have to interrupt you. So do you know that Dolly is recreating herself as a, like, you know, uploading herself, her, her face, her body, her voice, her words, so that her people can continue making money after what? she's physically gone? Yes. Oh, so she's taking care of the future generation. I love that. But that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to, if you have money, is, is to, is to, give away or take a care, care of those people around you. I think if right. it's all for yourself, what does it mean for marketing? Oh, well, look, with digital twins and what you're describing, making an avatar that looks more like you than you, sounds yeah. more like you than you, which is a real you, it's going to be extremely confusing. I mean, it's ridiculous. Like Elon Musk's little blue check. Come on. That's like the, the, <laughs> the what proof of your being is a little blue check. I mean, it's going to be have a lot more than the fingerprint even. I want to know more about your father. How 
how he displayed his autism and how that uh, affected you as, let's say, a, a five-year-old little girl, a three-year-old little girl? So for, for me, with, with, my, with my dad, we only found out in his 70s, but we, I always knew there was something wrong with him. I think I spoke like a thousand words with him. He all, always used to, he couldn't have an intellectual conversation. He used to withdraw. He was all about numbers. That's why I started doing numerology so I can actually mm. understand what was his fascination with numbers because that might be the only connection I could have with him. And, um, it was very difficult because, um, both my grandfathers committed suicide, um, before, I, well, one when I was four and four and a half months old. So I didn't know really male figures in my life. And it was almost, I don't know if you've ever watched the movie, I am Sam. I, it, my life growing up with my dad was like a, I am Sam movie, just a little bit backwards. So he didn't speak much. How did he use numbers? He used it for horse racing. So he used to sit with the horse racing books and he used to just calculate which horses are going to win. And he, and he was very good with math. I was not good with math, but he was exceptionally good with it. But my dad and I could just never connect. Um, and also for me personally is I felt embarrassed by him. Like, to be honest, I, I felt like ashamed of him because he, he didn't display himself. He just, I think when I was like 12 years old or 10 years old, somewhere around there, I felt like my, my understanding of, of adults and of being and of life, I surpassed him. I felt like I was the adult between the two of us. I'm sure you were in, in, in great. How did your mother stand this? My mom and I were always like close and we always used to go out and go to the movies and, and be away from my dad. And my dad was a person he would wake up five o'clock or six o'clock on a Saturday morning, be in the garden. And then he hides himself in his garage and we see him at six o'clock at night. He bries for us and then he goes to bed. That was kind of like how it was, but he was a person of routine and he had to follow that routine. And if he, and now for me, reading all of these books and really trying to understand neurodiversity, um, I'm starting to see, you know, it wasn't his fault. And if only there was more transparency and we had the tools like we have today to even grasp and understand that. And of those who actually have the guts to speak up about it, I would have had a different relationship with him. And I think that that is, um, is very important because you still hear the moment when, and that's why I sometimes do give the shock effect. I have autism, right? I'm saying that because the first thing that people say is, Oh, shame. I'm sorry to hear that. Or the responses is actually coming from a very, um, uninformed place. Whereas mm -hmm. I, I do think that people need to start having a better understanding because I think all of us, our brains work very differently. It doesn't. Yeah. Mean, no, you, you could say, you could say, I have a better intro for you. You maybe it's better. You could say, <laughs> you could say just like Bill Gates, I have autism. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> you're right. <laughs> I don't, I mean, there's actually quite a few of them. And the thing that's very fascinating for me is um, that it's a left brain society that we're currently living in. So left brain is all about innovation. It's all about technology. It's all about language, blah, blah, blah. If we look at the right hand side, it's creativity. And it's very interesting to see these unicorns, not just as billionaires, but these unicorns with the left brains and right brains starting to rise up in society. Um, and people that have never nurtured creativity are feeling threatened. Um, because technology and creativity is starting to emerge as this one 
massive yeah, thing. Yeah, very interesting. Fascinating. Well, I think you should just maybe <laughs> take a, take another sabbatical. <laughs> no! <laughs> I want to get out there. I want I want us to, you know, if you want me for research, you must just give me a shout. I'm more than happy to help. And I want to put you on our, we have a podcast called Jolty. And yeah. I want to interview you. I would um, love that. Me and my friend Adam Hamt, he's a genius, a real genius. I've uh, listened. Knows, knows a lot about everything, a lot. But uh, he'll find you, of course, fascinating. And I love talking to you too long, too long. I know, my hun. I miss you. And I'm, I've just been so in my own little world. And I That's just ha- okay. had to do it for myself. <laughs> I'm glad you did. How did your husband vibe with it? Was he okay with that? Very cool. Actually, he didn't want me to go back to work. I was like, I'm yeah. going. <laughs> I have work to do. I've got a job. It's in my human design. But um, I want to finish off this uh this podcast and this uh, episode, and I just want to say, all right, so in your book, Clicking, you have an acronym, the courage, letting go, insight, and commitment, and know-how. That is the what Click's acronym is. If you have a departing message for us, how do we have courage, let go of, of our fears, um, and also have insight into where the future is going, but also the commitment and create to the future we want to create and the know-how and what's the right things to do. Maybe you've got a, a little message for us. Well, I, in answer to this great question, I hope just not disappointingly basic, which is this. Surround yourself with people that can lift you. Surround yourself with people that are a little smarter than you, a little more sensitive than you, kinder than you, uh, richer than you, better educated than you, or leading a more spiritual life or whatever your goals are. Because what happens about people that can see, and I was saying the Cassandra effect, you know, is that they, they're demoralized by the people around them that tell them, no, it's not going to happen. Oh, you're crazy. Oh, you have a learning disability. Oh, you know, so surround yourself in a pod of loving, but not enabling in a bad way, but loving uh, support and kindness and consciousness. Mm-hmm. And that's what I would say is, you know, for me, um, when I realized this 10 minutes ago, but, you know, not recently helped me a lot. So true. And, and, and you know, when you actually get rid of the people that actually does not serve you well as a being, it actually elevates you in a remarkable way. And you start yeah. seeing who's the community that you want to have around you. You know that we are the only beings or the only creatures or animals on the, on the planet that cannot give birth by ourselves. We need community. We need people. We just need to make sure it's the right people. You mean we can't give birth by ourselves, meaning we need somebody to help us deliver a baby? Well, for now. <laughs> Until the robot pulls it out of you or jacks no, it out gonna, of you. No, you're going to get pregnant in a tank. The little embryo is going to be floating around the tank. You can watch it grow, talk to it. Oh, music. no. Yes, of course. If you want to. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll do that with a dog. My, it would be fascinating to see how my dog. You want to give birth to a dog? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good idea. <laughs> oh, they, bring, they give a unconditional love. They do. Uh, 
Oh, Faith, it was okay, so amazing. Sweetheart. I love, love you. Love you two bits. Love you yes, so much. Me too. Chat to you and soon. I'll, I'll see you soon. Yes, for sure. Okay, my love. Have a good one. Bye, Carmen. Yes, you too. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to another production from Solid Gold Podcasts.